Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Radio you can touch. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Who the hell are you? I'd rather go down to the barber shop and ask a guy about ready to get his hair cut. What the urgency's like. Lord knows we need family now more than ever. Jeff Lutz. I just don't want to indulge you and in I'm you... the greatest thing in the world every time we're on the show. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You're unbelievable. Judas. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. It's showtime, baby. You'll go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable. Are you ready? Let's go! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz co-hosting, Max Power Producing Engineering, 869-1240, the IHOP hotline. We understand a special guest in studio today, one Tom Thurber, our former producer and engineer. I wonder if he ever feels like just, you know, pushing Max to the side and saying, I got this today, Max. Let me uh, do my thing. Let me show you how I think it's he has done. too much respect for Max to just push him to the side. Just saying. Uh, we don't want Max pushed to the side. Tommy's a veteran. Well, so is Max. Yeah. Both uh, many, many years in the radio industry. They've uh, dedicated much of their lives to the radio industry. Uh, yeah, a lot of years in the radio industry. So we respect them and we welcome Tom Thurber into the studio today. Uh, what's on tap? We've got a good show for you at 225. Comedian Brad Upton will be our guest. I've been looking at some of his YouTube stuff. Uh, pretty funny guy. Older guy. Yeah, a little older. Got started a little later. Yeah, he didn't get started a little later. He just never really pushed it. Uh, was happy living his life in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, coaching track and field. And he put up some uh, some viral stuff. And it caught on and uh, making fun of millennials. That's kind of how uh, a lot of comedians are becoming more well-known these days. Maybe I need to try that. Facebook Reels or Instagram or TikTok and certainly something we'll ask Brad about because that's kind of how I... You think? you think I could do that? No. Why? Do what? Get started uh, in comedy. Well... By you, know, you have to like go perform. These aren't like, well, I, I don't know. Most of the st- stuff I see is people on stage, and I've seen Brad Upton on several of these reels, these short little clips. And yeah, I know he makes fun of us, but I make fun of you guys. So it's it. Well, it I, I look forward back. to talking to comedian Brad Upton at two twenty-five. We'll have a game today at three twenty-five tomorrow. Wichita State baseball coach Brian Green. Last time we talked to him, he had just Wait, 325 been 325 today, right? Yeah. Okay. What did I say? Tomorrow. No, I said today. Mm-hmm. 325 today. Uh, Brian Green. Uh, that's what I said. Sure. Uh, Brian Green will join us. Last time we talked to him, he had just been hired. Uh, now he's had some time to collect himself, get on the recruiting trail, got his roster. Uh, fall ball begins relatively soon, so we'll – get an update from the Shockers head coach. Uh, I just wanted to give a little credit to the Royals, if you don't mind. Sure. Now, I know you're a Guardians fan, but it looks like Bobby Witt's starting to really come into his own. Do you agree with that? Looks like it. Uh, do you? Th- what is his own? What is his ceiling? It's 30-30 type of guy. Never going to like walk a ton, but can hit 
high 200s, maybe low sneak into the low 300s some years. Uh, hit with the, some power, not home runs and doubles, steal some bases, uh, provide a base running well, and base uh, that's, stealing threat. That's a perennial all-star. Yeah, though. he's. there's no doubt that that's his ceiling. Now, yesterday was an E9 and not an inside-the-park home run, uh, but I won't take that away from You would have called that an E9. Of course. Well, I haven't seen it. Now I feel the need to see it. To see it. Uh, Get it, get it on your phone for me, uh, because the Cardinals had a similar play. A bases loaded, what was called a triple, off the bat of Jordan. Oh, Walker. I saw that too. The right fielder got to it, but it did go off the end of the glove. Yes, it didn't go off the webbing. He of was kind of reaching, but it should have caught it, it. But there's a difference in should have caught it and ringing it up, ringing him up for an. I hour. understand. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the Jordan Walker triple, even though there are outfielders who would have caught that ball. Even though the announcers went on to like, lie, oh, what off opposite field power? Well, it was good opposite yeah, field power. You I can't know, help but it that the guy could should have caught it. It was good opposite field power. Yeah, but they didn't even say like, hey, what, that's a tough play for the. Well, all broadcasters hey. are homers. I know, but. Come on. So I mean, you know, that's the way it is. Here's the uh, here's the Bobby Witt. Well, I don't just I can't. Nobody can see it. I, I need to see it. I need to see the play. Well, I'm trying to push play on it. All right. There's there's the ball hitting the right field. Well, he lost it in the light. Yeah, but it kind of hit off his glove. And yeah, but he, but he didn't that's know. Not a, that's not a hit. Come on. It shouldn't be a hit. But he lost it in the lights, or the somebody's shirt, or he couldn't see the ball. I I know. And if you would have rung him up for an error, you would have had the entire Royals organization charging the press. What if I was in Seattle and that happened? What do you mean? Would I have called an error or an inside the parker if I'm the Seattle Mariners official scorer? Well, that has to be an inside the parker because it's not the fault of the defensive player. You really would have called that an error? It's tough, man. You Are you serious? It's tough. You think that's a tough call? <laughs> yes, I do. How? Because the it's not, a, got... it's not a home run in any other uh, circumstance. Outside of him losing the ball, he'll either get in front of it, catch it, knock it down. Like when you dive after it, or if it goes off the wall and rolls for a long time, th those are inside the park home runs. They would have always been. Surely you've been in a situation where you've lost the ball. I have in the lights or in the sun or whatever it is. There's there's no going there's no going back from that. You can't just recover from that. You're done. Sometimes. And, no, not all the time. If you lose the ball in the lights or the sun on a line drive like that, there's no way you're going to catch it. <sighs> I hear you. Well, there's no way. But it's kind of cheap. Me, cheap Homer. No question. That's a different subject than calling that an error. You would not have called that an error, correct? Probably not, but man, that would have been probably a, not. That would have been a conversation you know how in the booth. A conversation. Yeah. Who would you have talked to? Oh, I would have talked to I would have talked to Wyatt. I would have talked to Rich. I would have talked to uh And they'd all agree with me. Bill There's No way you can call that an error. Tim. All the fellas. Right? I guess. Why would you even bring that up as a potential error? Because that's what I saw. That's what I thought when I first saw it. Like, that guy. And I get there's a difference, like you said, between got to make the play and an error itself. But that's that was got to make the play. Come on. But you lost it in the lights. There's nothing you can do about that. There's no got to. That's not even a got to make the play. The Cardinals' play was as you you got to make that play. Yes. He didn't lose that in the lights. He just didn't quite get to it. He, he was worried about the center fielder. It. There was too much that going on. That one is a much more questionable than the than the wit inside the park home run, which was a cheap inside the park home run because of the misplay, but not the error. Hmm. Okay. There's a difference between a misplay and an error. I'm a tough scorer. I'm probably the that's not that's not being tough. That's being unfair. If well, you call the that the pitcher an error. doesn't think so. 
absolutely. There, you would get annihilated if you'd call that an error. That pitcher's now got a home run on his record that I think it was Logan Gilbert that uh, shouldn't have been there otherwise. Well, there's no question the, that shouldn't have been a home That's run. That's going to come up in his arbitration here. Off the bat. So what? That's not for you to worry about. I'm just saying uh, there's a lot of ramifications. So what? Your job is to make the call. Your job is to be the official score. And if your scoring dictates that you call a ball in the lights an error, we got big problems. What if it, well, didn't it kind of hit off the end of his glove? It doesn't matter. He lost the ball. How do we know that? Because his reaction I know, made that but very what if clear. He just, what if he just wasn't paying attention? Or He was paying attention. He lost the ball in the lights, I presume. But it was could've so been, low. Where, where did he lose it? Could have been in somebody's white shirt. It could have been, who knows? But he lost the ball in the lights. Or something. Well, uh, it was not high enough to be in the lights. Yeah, it was. Any ball, you're looking in the lights when you're playing the outfield. It was, it was a line drive basically right at him. So what? It Just, was lost in the lights. Yeah, something. I can't believe you would have called that an I'm, error. I didn't ever say that. Okay, so make a commitment right now. Would you have called that a hit or an error? A single and an error. How about that? No. Why can't, can't I do both? Why was it a single? Because it uh, was a hard hit ball that hit off of someone's glove, and we can sometimes maybe presume that he should have kept that ball in front of him. At Where's least. the error then? By letting it get by him. By hitting off the glove, the the exact thing you gave him the single for. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Well, we got to keep everybody happy. Well, are you just digging in on this? N- no. Kind of, but I don't know. It just It just feels less than black and white to me. I don't agree. I don't I agree understand. that that play was less than black and white. It was clearly not an error. The other one, I had to look at that two or three times before I decided that that shouldn't have been an error. I don't think that should have been an error. Well, that was more of an error than the one but you're saying. Like I, when I saw it, I said, yeah, you got to make that play, catch the ball. To me, that the Jordan Walker triple to to clean, clear the bases was much more difficult to score than the Bobby Witt inside the park home run. Difficult to score. Uh, the difficulty of the play, the, the Oakland right fielder had a much more difficult play than the Seattle right fielder. On paper. But the Seattle right fielder lost it in the lights. There's nothing you can do when that happens. Not Most helpless feeling you'll have. That's not fun. Uh, as a defensive player. So I don't know why why you would uh, even have a question about how to score that. Just like I said, it probably would go uh, home run, but I would have had a conversation. So we got Springfield in town for the, uh, for the wind surge this Correct. week, huh? That's our third trip in. I'm going to head out. I'm going to get out there uh, probably either Wednesday or Thursday, and then we're going to be out in the Fidelity Club on Saturday. I'm pretty sure I'm official score both of those days. Well, I said Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday and Thursday. And then we're going to be in the Fidelity Club Saturday. Well, come stop by and say hello. Ah, no, you can't get in there. I'll that's, say uh, that's big time stuff. I'll say I'm with that guy over there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go have the meal. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna yeah. Eat. So you can second guess me that day. I won't even probably be watching a ton of the game. Too bad. We'll be we're in the club, man. Yeah, but yeah, we'll get outside and watch, watch the, the game. game. I want to see uh, what Springfield has. They have anybody in Double A besides is that guy who steals all the bases still there? Yeah, he's a, Victor Scott. I like Victor Scott. Um. He's gone into a little bit of a slump, but Segesi hasn't. He just keeps hitting. Makes you wonder how good he can be. You never know. Double A is a long way from the big leagues, though. Not really. Yeah, the pitching in double no. in, the pitching in the Texas League is horrendous. Once you get to double A, you're a knock yeah, on but the door. This pitch, you won't. I mean, you look at some of these pitching numbers. They are awful. Nobody has a bullpen. It's brutal in the Texas League. Well, well, that's a, a wider issue, in my opinion. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to a lot of people about the state of pitching 
uh, we're baby. In fact, I might even talk to Brian Green about it. Uh, we're babying these pitchers now to the degree that I'm not sure if it's helping them. Uh, we're so cautious. Uh, and I believe in caution. You don't overwork a pitcher, but you also don't coddle them. There's a, there's a line in there. Somewhere. And kids don't play catch anymore when they're growing up. When I was a kid growing up, and I know I like to hearken back to the good old days, I played catch every single day from the time the weather got nice until the time the weather got bad. At least I played catch. And you build up arm strength. You want to know why this old man has never had an arm injury? Uh Uh-uh. You want to know why? Sure. Because I built my arm up playing catch. I never had an elbow injury or shoulder injury. I can still throw today. You are still out there doing it. Batting practice, literally literally and figuratively. Well, I mean, I'm throwing. Yeah. I'm not throwing real hard, but I can still still muster it up to 60 miles an hour. 60? Yes. No way. Absolutely. I don't believe it. I'll bet you a dollar I can. I don't think so. I don't even know if I can throw 60. I'll bet you I can get it up there at 60. All right, I'll bet you $10. We can go to... uh, I need Dave to warm Busters. up. Dave and Buster's has that? Yeah. I'll bet I can. Mm, I I'd need to warm up for a little bit. Like, you have to. <laughs> 60s hard for an old man. 60s, I mean, my arm fell off at age 12, and I can't throw 60 anymore. Well, that you didn't play enough cat. Unless I can throw 60 and not 70. I'm trying to, I think I hit 70, maybe. No, you never hit 70. When I last time I went to Dave and Buster, no way, no way. It's either it was either sixty or seventy. I'll bet I throw as hard as you do. Mm, I doubt it. I'll bet I do. You know what really confuses me? Like when those position players just go out and lob it, and it's like seventy-two. How do they do that? Because they're world-class athletes. I know, but it, it's just crazy to watch. Well, there's a big difference between sixty and eighty. That's why I think I can hit 60. Couldn't hit 80. No. Don't know that I could hit 70. Probably not. But I could hit 60. Well, I want to see that. Well, I'll show you. I, I want to see it. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. So anyway, I was talking about Bobby Witt and the Royals, who are playing a little bit better. I just had a, a chance to watch him play two games against the Cardinals. Uh, Brady Singer pitched well yesterday. I guess there's, uh, I guess if you're a Royals fan, I don't know. I don't know. I, I started to say you feel some hope. They got that, uh, Michael, what's his name? Franco. What, what's the kid's name? Michael Garcia, I think. Yeah, that plays third base. He's okay. A uh, wit's okay. Uh, you'll get Pasquantino back next year. MJ Melendez, I don't think you can give up on him yet. Salvador Perez can still hit the ball. He just can't run. But he played a pretty good first base the other night. Well, Freddie Fermin's just up there killing it. Freddie Fermin looks okay. So we'll see. Maybe the Royals have something. I don't know. Maybe. They got a lot of young players who are still developing. And it can all happen at once. That's the danger. Yeah, but I don't like their young players. Outside of Witt and a couple others, I, I don't think they got the young. I don't, Pasquantino, I don't like, Melendez has gotten okay. pretty hot, sort of okay. hot. They're okay. They're okay. I'll take Nolan Nolan Gorman. Although we can't get him healthy, he can't stay in the lineup for more than a day or two. Uh, baseball's irritating to me right now. Well, it should be. At least you won. You beat the A's yesterday. Baseball's irritating to you. No, I'm enjoying baseball right now. Your team's struggling like crazy. We, we hit well against Tampa. Uh, our young pitching is doing great. Gavin Williams and you Tanner Bybee. You won four Bybee. out of 15 games in a recent We spread. picked up Cole Calhoun and what, Ramon Laureano. What about that? I just, I just enjoy it. You I went 4-11. I just enjoy this team more than I enjoyed the team when it had Rosario and Bell. You just and, wanted some new oh, – well, Josh Bell's gone down to Miami and killed him. And them. as has killed Rosario them. in L.A. Yeah, they get with teams that – uh, that are, you know, headed somewhere. It is weird how the uh, just ex-Cleveland players is out there everywhere doing things. 
Well, you, you got to expect it. Yandy Diaz. Let's the, uh, take the worst. a break. When we come back, we'll talk comedy with uh, Brad Upton, a comedian uh, who is in his, uh, you know, I don't know if he's my age, but he's getting up there. Uh, but he, he's uh, making the rounds. He's got uh, some stuff on YouTube that you should watch. He's 71. 71. My goodness, he's uh, older than I am. Uh, so comedian Brad Upton will join us next. The Bob and Jeff Show, KFH. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Indian Reservation got to number one on the charts back in some year. I wonder what year. And it uh, included the Wrecking Crew. 1971, we're told by Max Power. Uh, playing songs that include members of the Wrecking Crew. That's exciting. So uh, that's what we're doing this week. Uh, we're waiting for uh, Brad Upton to give us a call. I'm sure he will. Well, I hope so. I got, uh, yeah, of course he will. You got what? I got no doubts that he'll uh, he'll give us a call. Well, I, I can only hope. That's, he, uh, that's what I'm destined to. Man, you would have been proud of me the other day when we were supposed to have a guest, I think, or something. I don't, something went uh, haywire, and then me and uh, Jason pulled off one of the great segments of all time. I I refuse to really believe that you and Duda together are capable of pulling oh, off. It happens more often. This, really, you think that you really think that? Yeah, we had a great segment talking about Sean Payton. What about Sean? About, Payton? He doesn't want guys wearing bucket hats on the sideline. Stupidest thing in the history of sports. Well, I, listen, Sean Payton's had a lot of success. I don't know who you and Jason Duda think you are to question it. Well, Duda was taking your side on, no, that's what you do. That's how you build team camaraderie, and that's that's dumb. It was a really dumb take. but Well, how was it a great segment then? We just went back and forth. We were both uh, making fair good points. We were arguing our arguments well. We got into it a little bit. It was passionate. It was heated. It was funny. Uh, just good stuff. Well, Sean Payton's free to – do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's the head coach, and he's free to jump the shark probably sooner rather than later. So you don't like you don't like him in Denver. Not not now. He's he's certainly not making any friends over there. Uh, Russell Wilson can't bring his people around. Uh, we can't wear bucket hats on the sideline. The previous coaching administration was terrible. Like uh, just relax, Sean. I know you're out. I don't of the like game. him. I don't like him throwing the previous coaches coaching group under the bus. But uh, listen, sometimes you, you're trying to get that Denver franchise going in the right direction. I understand. Sometimes you have to do unpopular things. 
Well, we'll see if it works. I mean, that's uh, that's certainly one way to try it. No bucket hats on the sidelines. Well, maybe he doesn't. What was his reasoning for bucket hat? I don't know. I just, I'm not. Did you look into it? Yeah, there wasn't really anything. Well, that, that you there didn't was... look into it enough. There's always a reason. There, there can't be a reason. But you, you're admitting on national. I think radio. he thought it was kind of too casual. Once you're done playing, you're just kind of over there hanging out, uh, not necessarily still into the game. And whatever, but uh, just well, he's a lot. That's his call. I understand it's his call. He can do whatever he wants. He's the boss, but that doesn't motivate anybody. That's, Maybe that franchise needs discipline. Perhaps, I don't know. It seems like uh, I'm taking Duda's side. But is that discipline, or is that just throwing your weight around for nothing? No, it's discipline. Here's that's, how we're gonna do things. Uh, and if you don't do things the way we're going to do things, you're not going to be here. That's the ultimate. Let discipline. Russell Wilson uh, wear a bucket hat and Sean Payton tell him. You he's know not what, Russell? Go out and play well. We'll talk about a button hat, bucket hat. There you go. Or whatever kind of hat. I don't care if you wear a button hat. Call them Gilligan hats. I don't, I don't care what you wear if you go out and win games. Exactly. See, now you're now but you're on my side. But he hasn't gone out and won games. We'll have that discussion. If we get into a position where we're what we think we need to be, right? Well, if I again, if that's the way you think you're going to accomplish uh, more winning, I get it. There's structure involved, and it's a, it's it's just a, an example of how he's trying to bring quote unquote discipline. I don't think that's what it is necessarily, uh, and I'm sure he's doing it in other more tangible ways. But that just that just rubs me the well, wrong way. Listen, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt given his track record. Uh, he's not some rookie head coach. He's a guy that's had a lot of success, uh, built a perennial winner down there in New Orleans. Of course, he had Drew Brees to thank for that. I think he knows what he's doing. You didn't see Drew Brees walking around in a bucket hat. Did, did you? you? No, you didn't. You just saw Drew Brees in, didn't, involved in see, pyramid schemes. You did, well, the pyramid schemes in, in his own free time, I don't care what you do. Exactly. You're, you're right but if there. if you're on my time and you're on my sideline, you're not wearing a bucket hat. I just think the game can pass you by like that, just as quickly as you can So that's blink. your prediction. No, I don't know. Has it passed Andy Reid by? No, because he he innovate. He he uh, stays on top of trends and what's going on in the Has game. Has it passed Bill Belichick? Oh, by? Ab- absolutely. You're you're convinced that he's done. Yeah, I, I, yes. Okay. I'm convinced that the game has passed him by. His two offensive gurus were a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator last year. It's not gonna. That's not gonna work out. I know he's made changes, but. You can't just. Well, we'll see. We, we, we only got a few weeks everything. left before we start to see uh, what the Denver Broncos do. And my prediction is they're going to be one of the most improved teams in the NFL. Well, it's not like they were horrible last year. That, you heard they my were bad, prediction. But so, what's the difference between bad and horrible? Well, I have Brett they Upton. They weren't like an embarrassment. What's that, Max? I have Brett Upton, and Andrew will be calling back from the past. Okay, let's uh, get to comedian Brad Upton, who joins us on the hotline. Mr. Upton, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Well, we're we're doing good. We we both been introduced to your comedy here over the past few days. I've watched a good amount of it on YouTube and and other places, and uh, it's been very good. So I, I want to start by asking you kind of a weird question because a right. comedy special I was watching. There was all this laughter, which I sh- I know you eat that up. You love that, and we certainly expect that. But there was a couple right in the front row. The guy was pretty deadpan. <laughs> the wife would look over at him every time you said something funny as if uh, he was going to trigger her laughter. How do you not just get fixated on those kinds of people when you're when you're on stage? That's a great question, and you do get fixated on them. You're like, why did you sit in front if you're so uncomfortable? That's what you want to ask them. Why? Because they're afraid. I think they're afraid because they're in the front row. And you go, well, why did you sit in the front row if you're afraid? And have I done anything to scare you at this point? I have not. Relax. Uncross those arms. So, I, yeah, I kept looking at the guy, and he just never really changed his expression. Uh, but everybody yeah. else around him is laughing and having a great time and applauding. And 
I I don't know. I just wanted to ask you that question. That's a good answer. Thank every you. every <laughs> every comedian will tell you you can make three hundred people laugh, and on the way home you're going to be thinking about the one guy that wasn't. You're like, why did that one guy not get everything? That's the thing that you take away from the show. Not the 300 that were dying. It's the one guy that was staring at you. <laughs> so, you know, I've I've seen a bunch of your comedy via Facebook reels, and uh, that's a good place. I've discovered a lot of people through that, and I don't know necessarily how the algorithm works to where certain people's comedy comes up. I was wondering if, if you knew, like, because that's how you've really made a name for yourself over the past several years is is some of the social media stuff. How does that happen? Does do you just are you do you just show up and someone's real someday and then it grows from there? Do you even know how that groundswell works? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. No one more surprised than me. Um, yeah, it just blows up. I don't know how. It, I had a video go viral and and it was material that I'd been doing for several years and it finally got on the internet and shared around and and it blew up and I was like, this is amazing. I have no idea. If I did, I'd be making everybody uh, famous. I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Talking uh, with comedian Brad Upton. Uh, you can catch his work on YouTube. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, also, Dry Bar Comedy, uh, which has been very good for you as well. And you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, you've toured with the likes of Joan Rivers, the Smothers Brothers, Dolly Parton, Glenn Campbell, uh, a lot of touring with Johnny Mathis. So when you're on the road and you're you're opening for legendary people like that, uh, how much do you how much are you in their presence, Brad? Uh, they they change. It depends. Um, Johnny Mathis, I'm around all the time because uh, right. we usually do two shows together, and we go from the hotel to the to the venue together and things like that. Same with Joan Rivers. I was around here a lot. Um, Smothers Brothers, I was around a lot. Some of them um, I barely saw when we worked together. It just depends on what they like and how friendly they are. Who were your uh, comedy influences when you were younger? Well, when I was younger, uh, probably anybody I saw on The Tonight Show or Johnny Carson back in the 70s. But the first guy, you know, when I was 15, 16, the first guy I ever saw live was George Carlin. And uh, that was a big deal to see him live. And then I met him a couple of times, and that was even a bigger deal. Yeah, no doubt. So you do a lot of observational comedy, of course. I'm just curious how your observations have evolved over the years. What are you noticing more now that maybe you didn't uh, notice as much uh, back, back in the day, so to speak? Well, I I, uh, I do some stuff about getting old. I wasn't doing that when I started 35 years ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, now there's that part I can make fun of. Um, I used to do, every once in a while, I would make a joke about the president through the 80s and 90s. You could make a joke about the president. Nobody got their feelings hurt. <laughs> Nowadays, you just ignore it. It's toxic. It's poison. Leave it alone. And I've seen the birth of of cell phones during my career. You know, they didn't exist when I started. And then people started showing up with them, and then they'd go off during your show, and people learned how to turn them off. And now anytime you look out in the audience, you can have the greatest show you've ever had, and 10% of the people are looking at their phones. Brad Upton with us, a co comedian. So when you uh, when this tide started to turn and, and you started getting this notoriety, I mean, you've always been known. You're a known comic for a long time. But it, when it started to blow up for you, uh, did you welcome that? Was there some apprehension? Was there some, wait a minute, what's going on here? How did you handle all that? Yeah, it was a lot of, wait a minute, what's going on here? Because, you know, I've, I've been doing this 39 years, and I blew up in year 35. So uh, it was good to have that behind me. So when it did happen, I was like, uh, whatever, I don't this isn't that big a deal. I've done most everything so far. But, yeah, now it's weird because for 35 years I took the stage almost every night anonymously. People didn't know who I was, and uh, I generally exceeded their expectations. And now people are buying tickets to see me, and I'm like, I hope I meet their expectations. So from that perspective, it's a little different. So, you know, you're a, you're a quote-unquote clean comic, and I'm just, I'm just wondering – 
uh, what that connotation means to you. Do you wear that as a as a badge of courage, or is putting any adjective in front of comedian or comic uh, kind of hampering in a way? You don't really say woman comic. Uh, you wouldn't put a person's race. Is 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 clean comic? Is that a, is that a is that fair game uh, to say, or are you just consider yourself? Hey, I'm a comic. Yeah, just a comic, and I work pretty clean. I've always worked pretty clean. Um, you know, nobody's ever walked out of a show because it was too clean. That's what I've told people yes. before. They've walked out of shows because it's too dirty, but nobody's ever went, oh, this guy is so clean. I can't take any more of this. Um, so it's just the way I've worked always. Because when I started, I figured my mom's going to come see me at some point, and I don't want to hear from her because she's going to let me know. And she's 93, and she's still alive, and she'll still give me her opinion. So I've always worked pretty clean. Wow. Talking to, to comedian Brad Upton. So a few years ago, you got to go on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry, and you've been there multiple times since. Tell us about that, how'd that come about. And, uh, man, that's got to be an incredible experience. Uh, it's a huge thrill and an honor because they don't use very many comedians. And to walk out and step in that circle is, is very surreal. I got that. The, uh, the lady saw the one video that had gone viral. And when I contacted her, I said, hey, I got this video that's had like 70 million views. And she said, well, I'm one of the people, one of those 70 million. So I'd love to have you on. And they put me on. It went great. And uh, I don't get nervous anymore before I go on st stage. But my wife was with me when I made my debut, and I told her, I said, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> so uh, I walked out there. It was fantastic. I mean, it's the Grand Old Opry. You know what that is. It's the Grand Old Opry. To walk out there and perform there, it gets more surreal each time. Does your wife think you're cooler now that you're a big deal? <laughs> I don't think so. Not at all. <laughs> she never has. <laughs> yeah, not at all. So you, uh, I, might, you, I might make some more money. She likes that part. There you go. Yeah, no doubt. So you uh, spent a lot of your life uh, doing, you know, regular things like uh, teaching, uh, coaching. You were a coach in track and field. Tell us how that came about and your your love for track and field uh, specifically. Well, I was teaching fourth grade and, and, and coaching at a high school when I started doing stand-up comedy. And, you know, within two years, I quit. And going from teaching fourth grade to entertain a room full of drunks is uh, really not a big career change. It's the same skill set. <laughs> but I was, I was a track and field athlete in college, and I competed in the hurdles till I was 34 years old. So I always, uh, I've always coached. Even when I was – I mean, all these years I've been doing stand-up, every spring I'm uh, – I've been out of either a college. I coached the University of Washington for 11 seasons, and I've been coaching high school for the last 17. So I'm out on the track every spring, starting March, in uh, starting in the rain and ending in the sun. There you go. So if the last uh, four or so years had not happened, what would you say was the, the high mark of your career? What, what, how would you have said, uh, I, I did this, so I made it as a comedian? Uh, well, I made my living. I, I put my kids through college and bought a house, and uh, that's all I had for an income. But uh, I toured with Johnny Mathis for the last 16 years, and I won the Las Vegas Comedy Festival. So uh, those were pretty big. Uh, those are pretty big feathers in my cap. That's a that's a pretty good legacy. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, no doubt about I'm it. Very very and proud to be, of it. And to be with uh, someone of Johnny Mathis's ilk for that long that's uh, that's an incredible. A story to tell as well brad we really appreciate Absolutely. you coming on the show to talk about this is you're a unique guy you're still uh doing this at uh at the age of 71 how much longer do you uh, want to go 60, i'm 67 you you read on the uh you read on the <laughs> internet something that's not true believe it or not my son something on the internet I blame my son that was my that. fault but when you put in how old is brad upton and it says 71 you got you should believe it right that's the internet. That's the beauty of the internet. Yes. Isn't it? I, although, what's the difference between <laughs> sixty-seven and seventy-one? I mean, but I am uh, I'm fighting age at this point, so I'm I'm grabbing every year at this point. Uh, I will work go. very hard. I told uh, I told I'm, I told the management that I'm I'm going to work real hard through twenty twenty-four, and then I'm going to back way off, and then I'm just going to drive around the country and watch baseball in minor league uh, stadiums and big league stadiums, and uh, that's going to be what I'm going to do after that. Who's your team? Mariners. They're in Kansas City okay, right now. Sense. They got themselves bumped last night. So 
Yeah. We've got to get one back. Yeah. So that we were talking earlier in the show, and we'll let you go after I ask you this question. The ball hit by Bobby Witt that turned into the inside the park home run. I, I don't yeah. know if you saw it or not, but was that yeah, a hit or an it. error in your view? No, nah, it was an error. I think it was an error. I mean, you can lose a ball in the lights. I get that. Uh, but it went all the way to the wall, and then Julio Rodriguez kicked it before he picked it up and threw it in. So I would have called it a I would have called it a triple with an error, maybe, but I don't think it was an inside of the park home run. What are you guys? What you you did, how did you see it? How did you see it? When you lose the ball in the lights, I say it's got to be a hit. And uh, right. I said it was. It could. I said it was worth a conversation. I wasn't just uh, definitely yeah. inside the park home run, but I kind of see it more more your way. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, it was a hit in the air. I thought. But well, Brad, on, it was a run, no uh, matter what. Really, yeah. <laughs> thanks for your thanks for your time coming on our show. We appreciate it. Uh, best of luck. You got a, a tour here starting in a couple days, and uh, you'll be on the road for pretty much the rest of the year. Thank you for being on with us. Uh, you bet. Thanks for having me. T- take care. Go Mariners. Yeah, Brad Upton. There yeah. you go. Uh, all right, Max. It is. It is time to play the game here on KFH, the Bob and Jeff Show. Uh, we'll go back and forth because Max uh, went to some work. Uh, what was the game last time we played? You I gave named me... songs, and you were supposed to tell me the artist. Yeah, I didn't do so well, and you said you'd, you'd dominate from the 90s, so we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Um, go ahead. What do you got for me? What's Pick the game? Pick a number between uh, se- 6 and 10. 9. Okay. Uh I spent a lot of time trying to come up with a game uh this week and and this is what I came up with. I'm going to give you the ninth biggest city in a given state. Well, I wish I'd come up with 6. Uh I'd be more likely to get 6. And uh come on. Okay. I don't, Let's go. What I don't like it? this. I did this earlier, and it came. Is it not working? What, it's what's not the deal? working as much anymore. This is off of. Uh, Come on, you, you man! First. You, you can't. You can't drop the ball like this. Well, I don't know. I'm. All right, here we go. Uh, the ninth. I'm going to go with uh, bend. Oregon. Yeah, that one's easy. I started off easy for you. All right, here's some uh, here's some albums. Uh, Down on the upside. Bad Moto Finger. Super Funk Known. Louder Than Love. <laughs> Thought you would kill this. Bad Moto Finger. What do you got? Right, is there any more? King Nimal. Ultra Mega OK. Uh, is that uh, The Offspring? No, that's Soundgarden. Uh, I was close. So whatever you thought you were going to do with 90s, you're not. Uh, Next. Man, these are all pretty easy. Florence. Florence? Yeah. Alabama. No. You're in the right part of the country, sort of. Man, these are all easy. Well, Florence isn't easy. Most of them are. Uh, Florence, Mississippi. Florence, Kentucky. How would anybody know that? Well, do you know, do you know, uh, Plano? Texas. Yeah. Do you know Charleston? Well, there's several Charleston. Well, which one? I would guess Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, you know that's bigger than Charleston, Virginia. West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. Do me. All right. Uh, not your kind of people. <laughs> Never heard Strange of it. Strange little birds. Bleed like me. This isn't a real band. No gods, no masters. Nine Inch Nails. Garbage. <laughs> I thought you would kill it. I don't listen to these bands. Well, I, I wasn't did. a hard rock guy. You said you'd kill it. I in wasn't the 90s. a hard rock guy. And Was this that is all not I'm your getting... quote. I did. Uh, 
Ninth biggest cities in a Woodbury. Yeah. Massachusetts. No. You're right. You got the right uh, letter. Maine. No. Missouri. No. <laughs> Montana. No. I can't think of any other M state. Uh, Minnesota. Woodbury, Minnesota. I've never heard of it. How about Dearborn? Why didn't you go? Dearborn, Michigan. There you go. Why didn't you go with the uh, fifth biggest city in a state? Because you would have known all those. Give I me looked some more. Ninth or fifth? Ninth. Uh, Merrimack. Merrimack, New Jersey. Close. Merrimack, New York. No. Merrimack, New, New Hampshire. Yes. Never heard of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Well, now you have. How about uh, Parma? <laughs> you should. Well, you no, should. I shouldn't. Anything. I I do, but no, you wouldn't get any of these. I wouldn't get Parma. No. Parma, Ohio. Yes. Now, d- never heard of Parma, Ohio. That's too bad. I think that might be where Al Snow is from. Um, ignition. Ixne on the ombre. Oh, I think I know that one. Americana. Oh, man, I do know this Conspiracy one. Conspiracy of One. How many, how many albums? Keep going. Splinter. <laughs> Rise, Fall, Rage, and Grace. See, this is all music I would have never listened That's to. That's the offspring. That's the offspring. I said them You're earlier. for three. Yeah, I'm doing bad. But Max picked music I would never have listened to. Well, these uh, are the biggest bands of Carmel. the 90s. Carmel, Indiana. Newark. New Jersey. Come on. Newark? Yeah, that's not the ninth. That's like the second or first biggest. Uh, Newark, Rhode Island. Close, sort of. Where? Delaware. Bentonville. Arkansas. Athens. Athens, Ohio. No, we already did Ohio. Athens, Georgia. Bellevue. Bellevue, Nebraska. Lawton. Now I'm on a little bit of a roll. Oklahoma. Brookings. Who? Brookings. Brookings, Idaho. No. Montana. South Dakota. Okay, that may be one for me. All right, here we go. Standing on the shoulder of giants. Be here now. Oasis. Finally. <laughs> See? Finally. I don't have to. Ninth biggest cities in a state. Kenosha. Wisconsin. Yonkers. New York. Uh, Sioux City. Iowa. Yuma. Arizona. Caldwell. Idaho. Really? Now we're rolling. Sparks. Nevada. Why do you know that? Now we're rolling. Warwick. Warwick. Rhode Island. Yep. Union City. Tennessee. No, New Jersey. You're kidding. My turn. This dog of mine today I don't is know what's driving going on. me nuts. Uh, let me just get that out there. Uh, all right. Well, that's easy. That's well, easy. Give me an easy one. I've been giving you easy layups. Uh, hold me up. Superstar car wash. A boy na- No. Dizzy up the girl. Dizzy up the girl. Gutter flower. Goo goo dolls. Finally. Finally? Uh, you were going to say a boy named Goo. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence. Kansas. Glendale. Arizona. Uh, Bozier City. Louisiana. Rio Rancho. Rio Rancho. That's a good one. Rio Rancho. That's got to be in the southwest or uh, Rio Rancho. It's not New Mexico, I don't think. Might be. It's either New Mexico or California. It wouldn't be California. Because we already did Glendale. Right. It's got to be New Mexico. It is. Jackson. Wyoming. No. Jackson, uh, Mississippi. No, come on. Jackson. Ninth biggest. Jackson. 
You've heard of this. I don't think so. Tennessee. I already did Tennessee. No, you didn't. Give me one. All right, your last one. Last one? There's like 20 on there. 90s bands. uh, You need to name them after I give you the title of a record. Uh, One Foot in the Grave. Mellow Gold. Stereopathic Soul Manure. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Beck. Mm. Give me another. All right. I'll give you one more. Give me three more. It doesn't take that long. All these you'll get. Then give them to me. Pinkerton. I don't know. Make Believe. Don't know. Maladroit. Prodigy? Weezer. Oh. You're terrible at this. <laughs> Next. I thought you said you'd kill the 90s. Well, I probably should have I time. probably should have kept going cuz those are early early albums that no one listened to. Well, I don't know about that. How about this one? No one listened to Maladroit. How about this one? Facelift. Bands from the 90s. Dirt. Black Gives Way to Blue. The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. Rainier Fog. No idea. Hole. Alice in Chains. No one listens to them. <laughs> They're I only don't the listen biggest to band hard rock. Or- they're only okay. the biggest bands ever. If you just give me pop music. All right, here's one. Uh, gift Shop. Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. Number four. Shangri-La Dida. Perdita. Purple. Another. Core. What was the last one? Core. Core. Another group. Stone Temple Pilot. Do, do, give me a pop group. Like I did to you. I wasn't, hey, here's the uh, Ramones. Terrible. All right, here's one. Born on a pirate ship. Maybe you should drive. Stunt. Maroon. Everything to everyone. Everclear. Bare naked ladies. What about this one? Everything to everyone is The Globe Sessions. Cheryl Crow. Finally. All right, here's one more. The Beacon Street Collection. Tragic Kingdom. No doubt. All right, do you have any more for me? Uh, I don't know. I don't doesn't look like it. All right, ninth biggest cities, I killed it. Jeff 90s albums. I wanted 90s I group. gave you pop. I gave you 3 Dog Did Night in Chicago. It. Uh how about uh how about this one? Frederick. Frederick, Maryland. How about this one? How about this one? Uh, Kenosha. I already did Kenosha. Everett. Everett, Washington. Yeah. Lancaster. Lancaster, Massachusetts. No, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Fra- Miss Pennsylvania. Framingham. Framingham, Massachusetts. Yeah. Give me one more. No. Last one. One more. That's it. We'll take a break. Come on, Come back. just one Hour more. number two, we'll talk with Wichita State baseball coach Brian Green at around 325 today. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 